another episode of Sleep Whispers. I'm Harris, and this is my curious little podcast of whispered ramblings and whispered readings, which I hope will help you to relax and fall asleep. This is episode number 212, and specifically, it's a storytime episode featuring The Nightingale by Hans Christian Andersen. If you're a new listener, then welcome to my little world of whispers. Each week, I rotate through one of six types of episodes help you calm those overactive squirrels running around in your brain, keeping you up at night. These episodes include trivia time episodes, fade-out episodes, whisperpedia episodes, batch episodes, chat episodes, and tonight a story time episode, which means I'll be reading a curious tale to you. If you're interested in listening to over 200 more Whisper episodes like this one, or listening to my special 8-hour-long episodes of Nature Sounds, and background noises like raindrops, ocean waves, ceiling fans, and white noise, then feel free to click the links in the show notes or visit my website at sleepwhispers.com. All right. Tonight's story is The Nightingale by Hans Christian Andersen, with some minor edits by me for length, clarity, and overall suitability. I'll first give you a summary so you can get a sense of the whole story. Emperor of China learns about a nightingale bird who creates the most beautiful songs. He instructs that the bird be brought to his palace so he can enjoy its music at his pleasure. Because that's how emperors are, I guess. Later, the emperor is given a fancy, mechanical bird, which also sings beautifully. And then he loses interest in the real nightingale. So the real bird ends up returning to the forest. Now, things go wrong, of course. And the emperor needs to be saved, which 
not going to reveal all the details of how things unravel and then tie up in the end. Overall, it's a simple story that will be easy for you to follow as you fall asleep. It has some light and humorous moments, yet I do think it contains a deep moral thread that's subtly weaved into it, and I'm not really sure what that deep moral thread is. It may be about loyalty, faith, friendship, materialism, shiny objectism. Is that the term? It might be about the the wrath of technology, planned obsolescence, robots taking over jobs. I don't know. I thought I had this deep hidden moral thread figured out until I got to the very end. And the nightingale did something that surprised me and got me thinking all over again. So you can listen to it as a very simple story, or you can try to untangle the deep message that may lie within it. Regardless, I hope tonight's story distracts your squirrels, calms your mind, and helps you fall asleep. I have something else that may help you fall asleep. A high-quality sleep mask by Manta Sleep, who is the sponsor of this episode. They sent me one of their sleep masks to try out, and I was impressed. Visualize two super soft foam eye cups, like small donuts that are held lightly over your eyes by a breathable and adjustable headband. These eye cups block 100% of the light without putting any pressure on your eyelids or your gorgeous eyelashes. My wife and I both tried it and we were amazed at the complete darkness and also the gentle comfort of it. To get 10% off your order, just go to mantasleep.com and use the code WHISPERS. And for your ease, I put the discount code and a link to the Mantis Sleep website in the show notes of this episode. I also want to tell you about StoryWorth. It's a wonderful way to get more connected with your loved ones. Every week, StoryWorth emails your loved one different questions to build a story about their life 
their thoughts and their memories. I gave StoryWorth as a gift for Mother's Day. And here's the email I immediately received. Dear son, what a wonderful idea. I'm looking forward to doing it. It's a perfect Mother's Day gift. Thank you. Love, Mom. Sent from my iPad. <laughs> she sent me these sweet messages that all end with sent from my iPad. I don't think she knows how to turn that off. Anyway, she has answered her first story worth question already. And her reply was like five paragraphs long. So, she's definitely enjoying it. Now, after a year, these stories and any uploaded pictures are bound into a beautiful keepsake book and ship for free. Give any of your loved ones the most meaningful gift this year by going to storyworth.com slash whispers to get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash whispers for $10 off. Alright, now on to tonight's curious tale. Tonight's story is The Nightingale by Hans Christian Andersen. The Emperor of China had the most beautiful palace in the world. It was built entirely of porcelain and very costly. In the garden could be seen the most singular flowers, with pretty silver bells tied to them, which tinkled lightly so that everyone who passed could not help but notice the flowers. Indeed, everything in the emperor's garden was remarkable, and it extended so far that the gardener himself didn't know where it ended. Those who traveled beyond its limits knew that there was a noble forest with lofty trees sloping down to the deep blue sea, and the great ships sailed under the shadow of its branches. In one of these trees lived a nightingale, who sang so beautifully that even the poor fishermen, who had so many other things to do, would stop and listen. Sometimes, when they went at night, to spread out their nets, they would hear her sing and say, Oh, how beautiful is the nightingale song. Travelers from every country in the world came to the city of the emperor, which they admired very much, as well as the palace and the gardens. But when they heard the nightingale, they all declared it to be the best of all. And the travelers, on their return home, related what they had seen, 
shall have permission to see the Emperor dying, if you will lead us to the Nightingale, for she is invited for this evening to the palace. So she went into the wood, where the Nightingale sang, and half the court followed her. As they went along, a cow began to moo very deeply. Oh, said a young courtier, now we found her. What wonderful power for such a small creature. I have certainly heard it before, though. No, that is only a cow, said the little girl. We are a long way from the place yet. Then some frogs began to croak in the marsh. Beautiful, said the young courtier again. Now I hear it, tinkling like church bells. No, those are frogs, said the little maiden. But I think we shall soon hear her now. And presently, the nightingale began to sing. Hark, hark, there she is, said the girl. And there she sits, she added, pointing to a little gray bird who was perched on a branch. Is it possible, said the Lord in waiting. I never imagined it would be such a little, plain, simple thing like that. Little Nightingale, cried the girl, raising her voice. Our most gracious emperor wishes you to sing before him. With greatest pleasure, said the nightingale, and began to sing most delightfully. It sounds like tiny glass bells, said the lord in waiting. And see how our little throat works. It's surprising we've never heard this before. She will be a great success at court. Shall I sing once more before the Emperor? Asked the Nightingale, who thought the Emperor was present. My excellent little Nightingale, said the courtier, I have the great pleasure of inviting you festival this evening, where you will gain imperial favor by your charming song. I'm quite happy to oblige, said the bird. The palace was elegantly decorated for this special occasion. The walls and floors of porcelain glittered in the light of a thousand lamps beautiful flowers, round which little bells were tied, stood in the corridors. In the center of the great hall, a golden perch had been fixed for the nightingale to sit on. The whole court was present, and the little kitchen maid had received permission to stand by the door. All were in full dress. 
us, and every eye was turned to the little gray bird when the emperor nodded to her to begin. The nightingale sang so sweetly that the tears came into the emperor's eyes and then rolled down his cheeks. Her song became still more touching and went to everyone's heart. That singing is a lovely gift, said the ladies of the court to each other, and the footmen and the chambermaids also expressed their satisfaction, which is saying a great deal, for they are very difficult to please. In fact, the nightingale's visit was most successful. She was now to remain at court, to have her own cage, with liberty to go out twice a day and once during the night. Twelve servants were appointed to attend her on these occasions, who each held her by a silk string fastened to her leg. There was certainly not much pleasure in this kind of flying. The whole city spoke of the wonderful bird, for nothing else was talked of. One day, the emperor received a large packet on which was written the words, The Nightingale. It was a work of art contained in a casket, an artificial nightingale made to look like a living one, and covered all over with diamonds, rubies, and sapphires. As soon as the mechanical bird was wound up, it could sing just like the real one. It could move its tail up and down, which sparkled with silver and gold. Round its neck hung a piece of ribbon, on which was written, The Emperor of China's Nightingale is poor compared with that of the Emperor of Japan's. Now they must sing together, said the court, and what a duet it will be. But they did not get on well, for the real nightingale sang its own natural way, but the artificial bird sang only waltzes. That is not a fault, said the music master. It is quite perfect to my taste. So then, the mechanical bird sang by itself, and it was as successful as the real bird. Besides, it was so much prettier to look at, for it sparkled like bracelets and breastpins. Three and thirty times did it sing the same tunes without being tired. The people would gladly have heard it again, but the emperor said the living nightingale ought to sing something. But where was she? No one had noticed her when she flew out the open window, back to her own green woods. What strange conduct, said the emperor, when her flight had been discovered. And all the courtiers said the bird was a very ungrateful creature. But 
we have the best bird after all, said one. And then they would have the mechanical bird sing again, although it was the thirty-fourth time they had listened to the same piece. But the music master again praised the bird in the highest degree, and even asserted that it was better than a real nightingale, not only in its dress and the beautiful diamonds, but also in its musical power. For you must perceive, my chief lord and emperor, that with a real nightingale we can never tell what is going to be sung. But with this bird, everything is settled. It can be opened and explained so that people may understand how the waltzes are created. This is exactly what we think, they all replied. And then the music master received permission to exhibit the bird to the people on the following Sunday, and the emperor commanded that they should be present to hear it sing. When the people heard the mechanical bird, they all enjoyed it immensely. Well, except one fisherman who had heard the real nightingale, he said, sounds pretty enough, but the melodies are all alike. There just seems to be something missing. The real nightingale was soon banished from the empire, and the artificial bird, placed on a silk cushion close to the emperor's head. A year passed, and the emperor, the court, and all the other Chinese knew every little turn in the artificial bird song, and for that same reason, it just pleased them more. They could sing with the bird, which they often did. One evening, when the artificial bird was singing its best, and the emperor lay in bed listening to it, something inside the bird made a strange sound. Then a spring cracked, and the music stopped. The emperor immediately jumped out of bed and called for his physician. But what could a physician do for a mechanical bird? So instead, they sent for a watchmaker, and after a great deal of talking and examination, he said, that it must be used very carefully. The mechanics in the bird were very worn, and replacing them would change the music in a bad way. Now there was great sorrow, as the bird could only be allowed to play once a year, and even that was dangerous for the gears inside it. Five years passed, and then a real grief came on the land. The emperor lay so ill that he was not expected to live, and a new emperor was to be chosen. Cold and pale lay the emperor in his royal bed. The whole court didn't think he was going to make it, and everyone ran away to see the new successor. But the emperor still lay there, still alive. 
was white and stiff on his gorgeous bed, with the long velvet curtains and heavy gold tassels. A window stood open, and the moon shone in on the emperor and the artificial bird. The poor emperor, finding he could scarcely breathe with his strange weight on his chest, opened his eyes and sensed the end was near. Music, music, requested the emperor. You little precious golden bird, sing. I pray of you, sing. I've given you gold and costly presents. Sing, please sing. But the mechanical bird remained silent. There was no one to wind it up, and therefore it couldn't sing a note. And the room remained fearfully still. Suddenly, there came through the open window the sound of sweet music. Outside on the branch of a tree sat the living nightingale. She had heard of the emperor's illness, and therefore had come to sing to him of hope and trust. And as she sung, it gave life to his weak limbs. The emperor felt renewed energy. Thank you, thank you, you heavenly little bird. I know you well. I banished you from my kingdom once, and yet you've charmed away the shadow of illness with your sweet song. How can I reward you? You have already rewarded me, said the nightingale. I shall never forget that I drew tears from your eyes the first time I sang to you. These are the jewels that rejoice a singer's heart. But now sleep and grow strong and well again. I will sing to you again. And as she sung, the emperor fell into a sweet sleep. And how mild and refreshing that slumber was. When he awoke, strengthened and restored, the sun shone brightly through the window, but not one of his servants had returned yet. Only the nightingale still sat beside him and sang, You must always remain with me, said the emperor, but you shall only sing when it pleases you, and I will break that mechanical bird into a thousand pieces. No, don't do that, replied the nightingale. The bird did very well as long as it could. Keep it here still. I just can't live in the palace. Let me come when I like. I will sit on a branch outside your window in the evening and sing to you so that you may have joy. I will sing to you of those who are happy and those who suffer, of the good and the evil who are hidden around you. I love your heart better 
than I love your ground. But I will come. I will sing to you. But you must promise me one thing. Anything, said the emperor, who, having dressed himself in his imperial robes, stood with the hand that held the heavy golden sword pressed to his heart. I only ask one thing, she replied. Let no one know that you have a little bird who tells you everything. It will be best to conceal it. And so saying, the nightingale slowly flew away. This is the end of this storytime episode. I hope you are deeply relaxed, or even better. <laughs>